1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And the (laughs) NFL playoffs are here. And Ike, if you want to place a bet on the playoff action, betonline.ag is the place to do
1: it. Man, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. What a wild Sunday afternoon and evening for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I appreciate you the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, for taking care of business and not letting that thing go into the top. But then again, you can bet 365, 24-7, betonline.ag. Like right, we're going to have a full breakdown on the wild
2: weekend that was <laughs> NFL Week 18. Head to the new and updated website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined as always by my guy, two time Super Bowl champion and 12 year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I experienced the full gambit of emotions yesterday, but our Pittsburgh Steelers are playoff bound. I have to give you credit to Psychic Ike Taylor. You called this from the get-go. Go Go back and watch our Friday show. You manifested the playoff birth for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike, I'm giving you all the credit here this morning. How are you
1: doing, my man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm happy. I'm smiling from ear to ear. Uh, So I think it was a full percent chance because it really started off with, the Colts trying to take care of business with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we talked about it on our last show. I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars what's going to beat the uh, what's going to beat the Colts at home, and little did I know. So I'm hanging with uh, Lindell White. I don't know if y'all know Lindell White, running back from USC, who won two back-to-back national championships, and he wound up getting drafted by the Tennessee Titans because that's Chris Johnson, the best friend. Now Chris Johnson has the second fastest. 40 at the NFL Combine, running the 4-2-7 at the Combine. But to make a long story short, he said, "I the Colts haven't won or beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville in five years. I say, dang, I ain't even know that. We hit that on the head. So appreciate you, the Jacksonville Jaguars, for taking <laughs> care of business, for, getting, for getting the, leaving the door open for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers wind up beating the Ravens to have opportunity, and of course – the Raiders, <laughs> handling <up> Vegas, <laughs> took care of it. And now we're in the playoffs, baby. Boy, what a day.
2: Ike, you think the Jaguars in advance, they were a 15-point, some books had them as a 16-point underdog. I thought you were out of your skull,
1: but this proves manifest- yet again. You got to manifest it, Mark. <laughs> you got to manifest <laughs> these things, man. You got to speak it into existence, bro, I'm telling you.
2: Uh, the Colts have not beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville like since the 2014 season. It's been a long time. So and that's kind of how I want to open today's show. As Steelers fans, who are we thanking to get into the playoffs today? Number one on my list is Trevor Lawrence. And I think that the Steelers should do what the Buffalo Bills fans did several years ago when Andy Dalton won a meaningless game at the time when he was the quarterback of the Bengals. All the Bills fans, because they got into the playoffs for the first time in years, donated to Andy Dalton's charity. So Trevor Lawrence would be at the very top of my list. And if he has a charity out there, I I think Steelers fans, here's an idea. Let's donate $7. If every person donates $7 in honor of getting the seventh seed in honor of Big Ben's last season, number seven, you can donate $7 to Trevor Lawrence's charity of choice. And oh, by the way, too, the Jaguars also still get the number one overall pick in the 2022
1: draft. Correct. What a Sunday. Correct. you tell what a Sunday. You' talking about emotional Sunday. Now everybody know I smoke guards. Matter of fact, if you want to smoke a, if you want to smoke a cigar, go to HowardGCigars.com and get your one of a kind. <clears throat> but man, I think I smoked like four cigars in thirty <laughs> minutes. <Then> that, va- <laughs> that, that, that that Las Vegas Raiders and that in L- that LA <laughs> the LA uh Chargers game man had me stretching like a mother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So second on my list, Ike would be. Raiders kicker Steven Carlson for making the game winner. Now, I know a lot's been made today about whether Chargers head coach Brandon Staley should have called the timeout or not. And his explanation to be actually did make sense because. But though, if the teams had tied, they both had made the playoffs. But I want to point this out. And a lot of people are saying, did Brandon Staley's timeout, which forced the Raiders to knock off their division rival and the Chargers, did that cost them? Because if they tied, they both would have been in. But if you look at the playoff seeding, Ike, not only are the Raiders knocking off their division rival in the Chargers, the Raiders now play the Bengals instead of playing the Kansas City Chiefs had they tied. So maybe there were some matchups there that the Chargers like. As a player, you want to win a football game as well. But the tie very nearly came to fruition with something we also talked about in advance of week 18. And Ike, I thought the Steelers were safe when, when – uh, the Raiders had a 12-point lead. They built it to a 15-point lead, and the Chargers just came storming back. Justin Herbert, I tell you what, the NFL is in good hands with him as a quarterback because it seemed play after play after play after play. He just kept converting fourth-down conversions. He was like a movie villain that just wouldn't die. And it came down to the final play in overtime. The Raiders knock off the Chargers. And because there's a result and there wasn't a tie, the Pittsburgh Steelers
1: are in the playoffs. Yeah, I, you would never want to play for a tie, uh, let alone because the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, he's still trying to build his resume. So if you can knock off a tie off of your resume, man, I'm trying to go for that W. And I think overall, in general, man, like you said, you play to win, ballgames. you play to win ball games. You don't play for ties. So regardless on the situa- situation, regardless on the scenario, man, I'm still trying to get this W on my resume. That's how I just look at things, period. Like, I'm not playing, I'm not practicing, I'm not putting counten- countless hours just to come up with a tie. Man, I got opportunity to win this damn ball game. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And I think by the end of the day, um, especially from a coach's standpoint, especially from building your resume, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to have more wins on your resume than some, some sort of ties on that resume. But shout out to the Vegas Raiders! For getting us <laughs> in a goddamn football playoffs, man. It was man. way too
2: close. It was way too close. Uh, Ike, let's go to the Steelers-Ravens sure. game. Ike, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Chris Boswell going three of three on field goals in this game, making his lone extra point. The sky is blue. The grass is green. Chris Boswell is money when it counts, making a field goal in overtime in the conditions on Sunday, considering Correct. it was rainy Correct. all day in Baltimore as well. It wasn't pretty. I know the Ravens are without Lamar Jackson, they're without several key players due to injury, but to knock off your main division
1: rival and have that lead to the playoffs is just so sweet. I mean, Bos, he's been I mean, he's been the MVP if you think about it, Mark. You know, he has been mr. Consistent for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every time they needed to play, every time they needed to point, who we call him? Chris Boswell. So that's what Boswell has been doing. It's just he's going against a giant. Over there for the Baltimore Ravens when they want to talk about getting to the Pro Bowls and all pros against Justin Tucker. You know, Justin Tucker at the beginning of the year, man, he didn't kick the longest. Was what, what, sixty-eight yards or sixty-six? Sixty-six. Lions, sixty-six yards to beat the Detroit Lions um at their at their place. So it was hard, it's hard to say something about Tucker. You just gotta give kudos to Tucker but man. You cannot slack, you cannot, you cannot give Chris Bozzi enough props. That's all that man been doing is kicking and keeping the Pittsburgh Steelers in condition to win ball games, game after game after game after game, Mark.
2: I, I think the NFL should institute a new rule in 2022. Force <laughs> Justin Tucker to kick with his left foot instead of his right foot. That's how good he is.
1: <laughs> no, nah, he's good. But please don't ever get me wrong. Chris Boswell, man, Boswell is good as well for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Absolutely. TJ Watt also tying Michael Strahan's single season sack record. For anyone right. out there, that says, oh, well, he had 17 games to do that. Let me point out some facts to oh, you. did no, Missed did. two games this year. Missed two Check. games this year. And Check. in three games that TJ Watt played, and you can go look this up on Pro Football Reference, which is what I did, three games in which he played, where Watt played fewer than 50% of the Steelers' defensive snaps. If he plays closer to 100%, I'm not saying he's going to be on the field for every single defensive snap this season. Right. But if he right. plays the majority of those snaps in those other games in which he played because he's been battling injuries this season, a groin injury, lower body injuries, he's got his cracked ribs. I can't help but think, like you said this last week, a 30-piece? He would have shattered Michael Strahan's record, <clears throat> let alone tying it. I'm glad he will, his name will be on the record books because the grit he shows, the double teams he goes up against. Yes, you have the statistical production he is the epitome of what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and that was on display yet again when the Steelers needed to make plays on Sunday.
1: You can tell the game plan for the Baltimore Ravens was do not let JJ Watt get 22 sacks, 22.5 that game. Cuz all they did TJ but yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry TJ. All the Watts are good, my bad. Do not let <laughs> TJ do not let TJ Watt get a sack in this game because they double-teamed the man the whole game. In some situations, they had two offensive linemen to try to make sure the man didn't touch Huntley. And guess what Guess T.J. What White did? T.J. White said, not today, baby. T.J. White said, man, this is what I do. I come into your stadium. I make plays. I close games out. And by the way, let me tie this record, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. So it was just impressive, impressive for me to see T.J. White get or tie The sack record by Michael Strahan, but it was also impressive for his teammates to even know that he was that close on doing it. And they all celebrated at the same time. So that was very impressive. That was a team win. That was a team gathering. And big kudos to T.J. White. You saw his
2: teammates celebrating with him after the game. We had a Coach Tomlin chef's kits and yeah. dancing in the locker room, just pure jubilation. Yes. you love to see that. Yes. And, look, there's a time and place for it as well. People are like, oh, Correct. well, there's a time and place. You made the playoffs, right? right. Despite all the odds against you, you made the playoffs. There's a time and place Correct. for that.
1: Coach, two Coach, defense- T-, always, Go ahead, Coach I- T, always in the right place at the right time, whether he's giving you the kiss of death or whether he popping in one of the players' videos and just doing his own little thing and making that thing go viral, man. For some reason, he just got a knack on being the, uh, being in the, the right place at the right time. So see.
2: Two defensive plays I want to discuss before we get to Taylor Talk that I thought were key uh, down the stretch. Fourth quarter, Minka Fitzpatrick breaking up the pass along the sideline to Hollywood yeah, Brown. Yeah. If, yes. if Minka does not punch that ball out, the Ravens home. have it at the Pittsburgh 48-yard line with 25 seconds left, two timeouts in the league's best kicker. I can tell you how that narrative ends, Ike. So without that play by Minka, we're probably talking about a different result, and we're probably in a lot different of a mood this morning here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. The other I mean, play Minka, as well. Minka. Go ahead, Ike. Go ahead, Ike. We'll talk about uh Minka and then I'll then I'll get the other defensive play. Go ahead. Just the Mr., Mr.
1: Mr. High IQ. Like, Minka does the little things, the things, the the intangibles, the things you can't coach. You know what I'm saying? That's all Minka does, whether it's making interceptions in the end zone to close the game out, whether it's punching the ball out on the sideline on Hollywood Brown to make sure you don't give Justin Tugger an opportunity to be in field goal range. That's what Minka does, whether it's just reading or just lining the defense in the secondary up every snap, 70 snaps, 70 snaps, 70 snaps a game, He's lining everybody up in that secondary. We we haven't really talked about Minka a lot this year because Minka has haven't been making the Minka plays that he was showing the first couple of years. But I really do believe everybody has been trying to avoid Minka because on his knack and his knowledge and his IQ for football. So I respect that. But that's all it is, man. Minka Minka just very detailed. and him going to the sideline. Cause me, if I was playing, I just tried to probably would have knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? But Minka, Minka understood the situational part of that game, and he went punching the ball out on that sideline. Yeah, that that
2: it's a play where – yeah, it's a, a PBU, uh, pass breakup. Might not show up on the stat sheet, might not be as flashy as an interception, but I'm with you, Ike. I think teams are game planning to avoid him specifically given his playmaking abilities. The other defensive play that was Correct. absolutely crucial for the Steelers on Sunday, in the third quarter – Ten to six ball game. Cam Sutton intercepting Tyler Huntley, in the air zone, going yep. down in the end zone, and the Steelers get the ball back. If the Ravens go and score in that on that possession, <laughs> it was a huge missed opportunity in the red zone for Baltimore. But that was also a key defensive play. Two key key defensive plays for the Steelers, where if they don't get either of those two plays, they don't win.
1: Yeah, we talking about Huntley, man. Huntley been hot. Huntley been dangerous. It was just the two-point conversions they haven't been making. It's the it's the fourth down situations they haven't been making when it came down a few games. We're talking about five or six games where the total of their losses have been like 11 points. So it's not like they haven't been in games. They've been in games, they just haven't been winning those close games. And Huntley been a, Huntley has been the reason why they've been in all of those games. You know, he's stepped up. You can tell each game he's gotten better, he's gotten more comfortable. And that in that offense for the for the Baltimore Ravens, they relied on him. They got comfortable with him when it came down to the play calling. But you know, Cam Cam said we wasn't having that. I don't care nothing about no Huntley. I I don't care nothing about no Andrews. I all I care about is making plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers and trying to seal the deal and closing the game out. So shout out to Cam Sutton as well too, baby. One
2: hundred percent. Ike, let's go to Taylor Talk and this footage courtesy sure. of NFL Game Pass, and we're gonna start on the Steelers' final drive in overtime. And we're going to start on 2nd and 8 at the Baltimore 41. And Steelers trying to get into field goal reign for what would be the game-winning field goal. And this is actually an incomplete pass to Ray-Ray McLeod. But this is a play that you wanted to highlight. And, and before I turn things over to you, I, really quickly, weather was a factor on Sunday in Baltimore. The Rain's coming down. It was cold. Players were slipping all day. And yes, this was an incomplete pass, but this play illustrates the conditions and what it took to win on Sunday. I'll turn things over to you now, Ike Taylor.
1: Okay, so this this is definitely an incomplete pass, Mark, but I just got to give a huge shout out to Big Ben. And yes, I have been hard on seven. And yes, I thought seven should have been gone a couple of years ago. But at the same time, seven has been and kept this Pittsburgh still a team. Not only in playoff conditions, but getting them to the playoffs. But this is a hard throw, even though this is an incomplete pass to Ray-Ray McCloud. I just want to emphasize, seven still does have it when it comes down to making plays. So if we can just if we can just run this tape, and you'll see seven, the 39 year old, using his athletic ability. I'm gonna pause it right here, Ike. Okay, so 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 seven is sliding to his left. The 39 year old is showing his athletic ability. But I, I just want to say, man, how tough it is. Rolling, going opposite of your body, throwing across your body, putting it in a spot where only your guy can get the ball. Now, Ray Ray McCloud, he did wind up dropping his ball, but I just wonder what I saw, what I looked at. I say, dang, Seven still got the juice. He's rolling opposite. He's throwing across his body and he's putting in his spot where only Ray-Ray McLeod can get it. Now, Ray-Ray did wind up dropping this ball, but Ray-Ray did come back, and we're going to talk about the next play, how Ray-Ray came back, and he bounced back and put the Pittsburgh Steelers in the position to win this ball game by by getting his fourth and eight. But on his second and eight, just, just look at the pass. Can we just roll it?
2: Yeah, and I, I just want to reemphasize, too, the weather conditions played a factor here, too. This is a tough catch, even under pristine conditions.
1: Correct. Correct. Un- under, understanding... And this is no knock to to Ray 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 did wind up coming back and making a play to help the Pittsburgh Steelers. But just putting that spot like it's hard. And this is props to Big Ben to number seven to the future Hall of Famer. It's hard rolling left, using his athletic ability, throwing across his body and putting in a spot around three defenders for the for the Baltimore Ravens. Only where Ray Ray McLeod can get it. Now, even though it's dropped, we're going to give Ray Ray his props on the next play. Absolutely, I Big shout-out. This was
2: key on the final drive of the game, too, because earlier in the game with the Steelers trailing, there were several throws Big Ben threw that could have been intercepted. But with a tie game, and in this scenario, knowing the down-distance situation of a football game and what risks you can take, this ball here and through this window here specifically shows where only Ray-Ray McLeod could have made this play. And that tight of a window rolling to your left, it's a, that's a tough throw for any quarterback in the league to make, let alone Big Ben, age 39, year 18, making this play, making this throw here. And so, I, like we said, Ray-Ray McLeod, valiant effort here. But he gets redemption two plays later. Now, on fourth and eight, this comes after Deontay Johnson had a drop on a drag route. So, it's fourth and eight, a do-or-die situation, given the conditions. To trot out Chris Boswell, this would have been a 60-yard field goal attempt. I don't expect Justin Tucker to make a field goal in these conditions, but Big Ben finds and connects with Ray-Ray McLeod on a key 4th and 8 conversion to keep the Steelers season alive and propel them into the postseason.
1: Yeah, so when you see the short motion, the short motion, means the bottom receiver, he's going to come down in the motion. So Ben tries to see, see whether he's in zone or man, but if you just look at the Baltimore Ravens, it looks like they're playing a cover four. Now, what a cover four is, between the corners and the two safeties sitting in the middle, everybody has a quarter of their side of the field. So this is exactly what it is. But as soon as Big Ben see the two safeties in that corner top left, that corner top left kind of go back into his back pedal. He understands quarter situation. But this is a nice play drawn up because you have trips left. Trips left meaning you have three receivers at the top of this film if you just look at it. Now, Fairmouth, and you took and we talked about this earlier. Fairmouth wind up <clears throat> going straight, and it's like a pick route. But you read my mind, and I couldn't say it in the meeting earlier. Mark, this is like a pick, <laughs> a pick route for Ray Ray McLeod. This is drawn, this is drawn up perfect because Ray Ray has to be patient and has to be slow to let Fairmouth clear the outside linebacker in the nickel corner out to get that, like to get in that hole shot where only Big Ben can throw the ball to get this fourth and eight. So if we can just run this run this tape man this is perfect
2: and we're going to pause it again oh.
1: here Ike, guess the ball's in the air Mm-hmm. so so this is a nice look uh click clearing route by fairmouth you can also look at it as a pick play but they can't never call it because that's just part of, that's just part of the routes and technically he's not picking, but just for Big Ben to have this patience, just for Ray Ray McLeod to redeem himself off that second and eight to get this fourth and eight and, and get in a situation to put to put Pittsburgh in a situation where Boswell can come in and kick the game with a field goal. Man, that's a beautiful play drawn up. But this is a heck of a play, this is a heck of a pass, this is a heck of a concept. And what I mean by concept, the route concept. So you got number one receiver at the top, he's running to go. You got the third receiver in Fairmont. He's running to go. And, uh, and Ray Ray McLeod, he was in the slot. So he was the second receiver, but he came under. He had to be patient for Fairmont to clear out. And man, that's a heck of a pass by Big Ben. Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, over, over
2: Calais Campbell, too. I mean, I, you're talking about Big Ben, all six foot five of him. Calais Campbell is six foot eight. So if Big Ben's not as tall as he is, Probably doesn't complete this pass because he gets it over the outstretched arms of Campbell, which was yet another component of this completion. Again, Boswell ends up making a 36-yard field goal after the Steelers get a little bit more yardage on this drive. The difference that that makes to give your field goal kicker a realistic chance versus to have trotted him out here in this situation on a 60-yard attempt. It's the difference between winning and losing on Sunday.
1: Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bad things could have happened on this play because you can see Calais Campbell. He's not really trying to rush the passer, man. He just wanted to get in Big Ben's face, jump up, and knock the ball down. The game would have been over with. But like you said, Big Ben being 6'5", and some change, him able to put some arch on that ball and getting it to Ray Ray McCloud still the deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. You got to have a high IQ as well.
2: So thanks to NFL Game Pass for the footage. And I always love our Taylor Talk film analysis, Ike. Those always do really, really well on our social media pages. So if you enjoyed that film analysis, go back and look at our previous analysis. We break down at least one play from each week of the NFL season. So I'd encourage our listeners to go check that out on YouTube or whatever video streaming platform you prefer. Ike, reports surfaced before Sunday's game (laughs) that Kevin Colbert's going to step down as the Steelers – Front office guy, GM, he's run player personnel for the Steelers since 2000. He will step down after the 2022 draft. And so I want to start before we start talking about who could potentially fill the void by Colbert. But I want to first ask you, based on your experiences with the Pittsburgh Steelers, what kind of legacy does Kevin Colbert leave as a front office member with the Pittsburgh Steelers?
1: Uh, He's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. For the most part, Kevin Cobra, we're talking about the GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he he calls me Ike, You know, Kevin, Kevin, allowed Mr. Rooney and Coach Tomlin those three allowed me to be in draft meetings. Uh, those three allowed me to be in in the room on draft day. Now, when I did have to get out, I had to get out when they had to talk business or possibly cutting my boy, trying to trying to get a corner to replace me. But at the same time, I feel like, man, I'm very fortunate to sit in these draft meets because of Kevin Colbert. I'm very fortunate to understand and see his system and see how it works. I'm very fortunate to to, to be around a guy who knows football. Kevin Colbert saw my son walk at the age of six. And he said, your son is going to be a safety. I can tell by his body build. I can tell by the way he walks. My, now today, you fast forward, you know, 10 years later, my son is in high school. He's going to be a sophomore next year. My son play safety. So Kevin Colbert just over a course of years and doing this for so long, but he can just tell by how a person walk, how he's how a person carry himself. Man, your son gonna run a four three. I I said, Kevin man, a dude's just six years old. I'm telling you. I'm saying by the way he walked. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna he's gonna be lengthy like you, he's gonna be a little bit when it comes down to st- stature, he's gonna be a little bit more muscular than you. And man, this man won't line. <laughs> this man won't line at all, but when you just have an eye for it. And I think that's what Kevin Colbert, that's why he's been so good for so long. He just has an eye. He has a knack to see talent for a body build, to see at what position, how this person can play, to see if you're good in and out of breaks, to see if you can make this throw as a quarterback, to see if you had a high, a high IQ as a D tackle or a center. Like, that's Kevin Colbert. He don't even try. It's natural form. So you know how we're always talking about um good mechanics that don't go to mechanical school, but they can just break a car down and everything will be good. When you want to talk about a barber who's never been to school, but he's one of the best barbers in the world, that's Kevin Colbert. Now, he does have a degree, but that's Kevin Colbert as a GM. He just has a knack for talent. He has an eye for football. And it's only and it's, and the great thing about Kevin Colbert is, man, you, you, you're you getting stillers. And what I mean by stillers, that's the first thing Kevin Colbert told me. Man, take the height, size, and speed out of it. Is he a stiller? And once I under once I understood that part on how they draft, I said, okay, that's why this man has been successful for so long. But under Kevin Colbert's reign, I don't know how many I don't know how many pro bowl guys he have drafted. I'm think I'm guessing I'm guessing at least sixty, at least sixty. So I'm so glad Detroit. I'm so glad, I'm so glad Kevin left Detroit to come back home for the Pittsburgh Steelers and be a GM. Man, he had a heck of a run. He will, in my mind, make the Hall of Fame, just like Isaac Smith sitting over there with the Baltimore Ravens. But, man, big kudos to Kevin Cobra, man. Kevin Colbert has taught me a lot, and it's the reason why I wanted to be a scout and still want to be a scout in some sort, hopefully working up the ranks to be a GM. But this is what we do. So big shout-out to Kevin Cobra. Man, he had a heck of a career. I can't wait to see you because I'm definitely going to pop up in the – and see what the heck you're doing.
2: Winning two Super Bowls again, running player personnel for the Steelers since 2000. Like in those draft meetings, like what's the best story that you can share with your interactions with Kevin Colbert? You, you can leave names out if you need to, but when you were sitting in those meetings, Kevin Colbert's there. What's the best story you have inside of that room?
1: Oh, uh, my Kevin Colbert, just, just I, I'll tell you this, Mark. As a professional athlete, you just want somebody to be straight up with you. And Kevin Colbert, and this is coming from other players, other teammates as well, he just told you how he feel. He didn't sugarcoat He did, Hey, I just think you don't have it anymore. You know, what you used to do, I don't think you can do it. Um, I think you lost a step. I think you're not uh, moving as you once was and I'm going to have to try to replace you. That's Kevin Cobra. Now, as an athlete, it hurts. It hurts. And I understand now what they say, man. The truth does hurt. But you're appreciative because the honesty on what Kevin Colbert is telling you. He's not trying to sugarcoat you. So that's why I think every, it's, there's no love-hate with Kevin Cobra. Guys love Kevin Colbert because he's brutally honest with them. And as a young athlete, as a young man, that's exactly what you want regardless on what's going on, regardless on your decision-making, regardless on the business moves, you have to make Kevin Colbert. Just be honest with me, and that's what you're going to get every time dealing with Kevin Colbert, the brutal, honest truth.
2: And that's coming from a player who spent 12 years as part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, too. I, the two names that popped up in my research of who could potentially fill the void by Kevin Colbert both internal candidates. Talk all the time about Omar Khan and how he's a salary cap wizard. He's the Steelers money man. Brandon Hunt as well, the pro scouting coordinator too. Two names that I know are very well respected within the Steelers organization. I, I know we've talked ad nauseum in the past about how Omar Khan could then be the next guy. Those are the two names that came to my mind. Just your your thoughts about that? Is there anyone else? But those were the two names that that I think could fill the void. What say you, like Taylor?
1: I mean, you hit it on the head. The article came out yesterday, Mark, that <laughs> those two was in you know contention of possibly being the next after Kevin Colbert steps down. So for me, man, Brandon Hunt, B Hunt, man, B Hunt is a good dude. He's the one that came up the ladder. So to say step by step by step. So he understands, one, how, what it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for when it comes down to draft picks. So Omar, But Omar Khan, if I had to pick between one of the two, you know I'm just going to rock with Omar Khan. Man, Omar Khan been around a long, a long time. Um, he's a little bit older. He understands not only from a financial standpoint, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the scouting department standpoint just as well. And he's from New Orleans, so I'm going to kind of be kind of biased when it comes down to Omar. But Omar did. Omar did have interviews a couple of years ago with the Houston, Texas, so mm-hmm. say before they hired their GM, their GM who they have now. So Omar has experience. Um, he's been in talks, and I think this might be the perfect situation for him to to land his landing spot. Just stay home, be a Pittsburgh, still a GM, and going on. Put me as a regional scout. And Mark, we're gonna have a lot of in- <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of insight details on who's coming out. We're gonna have a lot of things to talk about on our show. Once mm-hmm. Omar Khan gets this GM job, I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs>
2: I want to float one other name outside of the Steelers organization. I don't expect this to happen, but a name that I think will surface and should surface, Lewis Riddick, the Monday Night Football announcer, right now an analyst for ESPN. What's the connection? He's born in Quakertown, Pennsylvania, went to the University of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. as well, played in the NFL from 1991 to 1998. That's another name I just want to put out there where I think it's worth at least a phone call if the Steelers say, okay, we don't want to hire internally. We want to see who else is out there. That's another name. I'm sure more names (coughs) will surface here in the next several days. Louis Riddick, though, keep your eye on that, given the Pittsburgh connection.
1: Yeah, Louis, I think – did Louis go to Pittsburgh? The University of Pittsburgh, yes, sir. I think Louis – yeah, Louis went to Pittsburgh, so he's home ground. So you yeah, mark you hitting it on the head. I don't know what the hell you drank. I don't know what kind of tea, what kind of water, I don't know what kind of alkaline water that is. But boy, you won't fight.
2: <laughs> I appreciate you. I one last thing, one last thought about Colbert. <laughs> I would expect him to resolve the Steelers quarterback situation with it looking like the end of Big Ben's career before he leaves. Remember the after the 2022 draft for the Steelers to have a concrete plan To figure out who Big Ben's heir is, I don't think he's just going to leave town and say bye and go off into the sunset without a concrete plan in place. So I think that would be Kevin Colbert's parting gift to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: No, just a major shout out to Kevin Colbert, uh, aka the Reaper, because Kevin Colbert in training camp, he didn't say too much. He shook your hand, asked you for your playbook, and he got the first thing smoking first first planes to smoking. So you can leave Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> Kevin Colbert is a savage when it came down to that kind of stuff. So lucky I didn't have to go through it. Thank God I didn't have to go through that. But yeah. man, shout out to Kevin Colbert for making all the big, tough executive decisions and putting Pittsburgh, when it came down to the draft, year in and year out, in playoff contentions.
2: Look forward to his Hall of Fame induction in Canton several years from now. Ike, you predicted 49ers to beat the Rams. I almost texted you during this game. 49ers have a 17-point deficit. They come back, fight back, and win in overtime. Psychic Ike Taylor on display yet again. Not sure how you knew, but, you know, we were talking some before the pod. It all starts with the man by the name of Debo Samuels.
1: Yeah, that's his name. Debo Samuels. You know, and, I, and that's just, just the makeup of the San Francisco 49ers. They are a bar-fighting team. A bear fighting Knuckle team. And it starts with that, that young man, number 19, man, Debo Samuels, because Debo Samuels, all he wanted sometime some kind of physical contact. Every play. So we we gotta start giving Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of props as well, too, Mark. He's been he's been clutch for the San Francisco 49ers. It's 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 been a few plays where he's been sitting in the pocket and taking hits and delivering dimes. So another shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, we all already know. Who Debo Samuel is, he's the attitude not only to to the offense, but I think in my mind to that to that San Francisco 49ers team. You know, whether it's carrying an offensive defense, he just brings that tenacity. He is like the Derrick Henry to the Tennessee Titans. You know, everybody just kind of feed around and off of him. So, major shout out to Debo Samuel. They couldn't stop him every time they needed to play. They as in the 49ers needed to play. Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing it to who? Number 19. Debo
2: Debo has eight rushing touchdowns this season. Ike the most by any receiver in a single season and Ike's having a little bit of connectivity issues, just full disclosure to our listeners and viewers. So I will go ahead and help close out the show here. A few other week 18 observations that I had Tom Brady setting a personal record for most passing yards in his career at age 44, more than 5,300 yards through the air. And his receiver, Mike Evans, had his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. He extended his own record, which is the longest in any NFL career. So the consistency there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is impressive, especially as they continue on to the playoffs. But on Friday's show of the Believe in Steelers podcast, we're going to have a full breakdown of Steelers and Chiefs is a matchup of two teams that played earlier this season on the day after Christmas. The Chiefs absolutely blew out the Steelers, 36 to 10. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey didn't play either because of COVID. Friday show is going to be loaded as well because we're going to have a full breakdown of Black Monday today, which is going on. So we're going to talk about which vacancies, head coaching vacancies, are most appealing in the NFL. So there are several already today. Bears, Vikings, Dolphins, just to name three. We'll also talk about who we think should win NFL awards. So I'm talking about the MVP race, Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Steelers open as a 13-point underdog to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So we'll see what happens there. One final thought as well. I've seen this on Twitter as well. Some people suggesting, should the Steelers go on and sign their former star receiver, Antonio Brown, given the whole media circus surrounding AB right now. Antonio Brown scheduled to have ankle surgery later this month. So I'm going to shut that down immediately. Just considering his ankle isn't right right now. He needs to get surgery on that before he can come back on a playing field. Hopefully in 2022, that remains to be seen if an NFL team will give him an opportunity to do just that. I'll go ahead and sign off for Ike Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. I want to give a shout out to the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network, Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the crew over there. Today's sponsor, betonline.ag. And to thank you, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will be back on Friday previewing the NFL playoffs. Steelers and Chiefs, Pittsburgh, playoff bound yet again. Until then, take care. So long, everyone. Peace.